Hey, good morning and welcome. This is Hollis McGee on behalf of Follow Him Ministries. I welcome you to this podcast, this message from the book of Philippians. Today we're in chapter 2 and we'll look at just four verses, verses 1 through 4 of chapter 2 of the book of Philippians, a letter written by Paul in 60 AD while he was imprisoned in Rome. And he's writing to a church who had helped him a lot, expressing thanks to them for their help, and he's encouraging them in their Christian walk. So let's read those four verses. We'll pray and then look at them in some detail for a few minutes. So, if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy... Complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interest of others. Heavenly Father, We thank you and we praise you and we bless you and honor you, for you are God. There is no other. We are your children by grace alone, through faith alone, in Jesus Christ alone. And we come to you giving thanks and praise and honor and asking you to open the eyes and ears of our understanding that we may hear and receive and be changed, to be transformed as we intersect with your living and active word this morning, through Christ our Lord, we pray. Amen. As we look at these verses, we want to always remember that Jesus Christ is our example in all things. Now, when he says, so if there's any encouragement in Christ, what that literally means is since we have the encouragement in Christ. Because if you're in Christ, it's impossible not to be encouraged. It's impossible not to have comfort and love and participation in the Spirit. So he's saying since when we read it as if, so it's not like a question mark, because again, if we're in Christ, those are just some of the many blessings that we have in Christ. So he's saying, since we have encouragement in Christ, what is our encouragement? Our encouragement is, and and the encouragement of the people in that day, was that in Christ, we know that even though in this world we have challenges and troubles, we know he's overcome it. We know that he is the victor. We know that he has conquered sin, death, and the grave and that in him we have life, and he is the way and the truth and the life, and that in him we can do all things, and apart from him we can do nothing. So we have great, great encouragement. We know that he has said, uh, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me, in Jesus, because in my Father's house are many rooms, and if I go and prepare a place for you. I will come and take you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. 
And so he's telling us that, that he's watching out for us and that he's at the right hand of the Father and that he has prepared a place for us and that he's coming again. So we have great, great, great encouragement in Christ. He said, since we have comfort from love, we have the comfort of the love of God, for God so loved you and he so loved me and each of us. And, and what greater comfort could we have than that? To, to know the love of God that surpasses our understanding, that is stronger, higher, longer than, than we can even imagine. So that's a lot of comfort, amen? Any, since you have participation in the Spirit, you know, when Jesus was getting ready to leave his disciples, when he was going to ascend to heaven, go up to heaven, he said, don't go, don't go anywhere until you receive the helper that I'm sending to you. And he says the same thing to all of us, that he sends a helper. And when we're born again, when we're born in the Spirit, then the Holy Spirit is residing in us. And so we have participation in the Spirit. We have participation with Christ in the Spirit of Christ in us. We have participation in the Spirit with one another because there's one Spirit, the same Spirit of Christ that's in you. If you're in Christ, is the same Spirit that's in me. And this is the Holy Spirit. It is God in us. So we have a great participation in the Spirit any affection and sympathy since you have affection and sympathy and we do have if if we're in Christ we have affection and sympathy for one another and for others even even those that might very well want to do things that would be very harmful to us we have affection for them in Christ because Christ died to save them and it's our desire that 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 plan would come to fullness in just the right time, that, that they would be saved, and we have sympathy for the condition of others. He says then, complete my joy. Complete my joy. He, he's saying that I have great joy in the Lord, but because I have shared with you about Christ, he said I want to be even more joyful by you having the same mind. That, that all of you being like-minded, that you would be like-minded to Christ and like-minded to one another, that you would have the same love with, with one another for others, for each other and for others. He said, being in full accord and of one mind. Our mind as the body of Christ, because even though we're many people, we're one body. You and I are joined together in Christ. He said, be, being uh, of one mind and being in full accord, he said, we, we need to do the things of God. We need to have the mind of Christ. And we're going to talk more about that next time when we get to verse 5, which actually says to have the mind of Christ in us. But, but he's saying being of like mind or being of the same mind he said, you need to be of one accord. And what is our one accord? Well, it's pretty simple. Jesus said right uh, shortly before his ascension, he said, behold, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, 
baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, commanding them all the things that I've said to you, and behold, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Um, so we, we know what we need to be of one accord about, and we know that he said that the greatest commandment was to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, and mind, and the second is just like it, love our neighbors as ourselves. So we, we've got a clear path of what we should be single-minded about. Then Paul turned the, the coin over, so to speak, and said, do nothing. In other words, he's given the opposite of being humble and uh, like-minded and affection and sympathy and wanting the spirit and loving. He said, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. Selfish ambition and conceit or conceit are the exact opposites. They're directly and diametrically opposed to everything that Christ stands for. So he says, do, do nothing from those motives, selfish ambition or conceit. And that do nothing is a very strong command in the Greek. And, and of course it is to us as well. He said, but don't not only don't do that, but in humility, humble yourselves, humble yourselves before the Lord and count others more significant than yourselves. Put the needs of others ahead of your own. When somebody needs your help, don't tell them what you've got to go do. Try to your very best in Christ to help them right then, to pray for them, to lift them up, to encourage them, whatever it may be. Let Verse 4, let each of you, that means every one of us, look not only to your own interest. He says don't, don't ignore your own interest, but also to the interest of others. That That is a, a wise Christian look. We, we have to take care of ourselves and the things God places in our hands and entrusts us with to care for. But at the same time, we should look at the interest of others. And, and we know that he's just said in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. So we should look to the needs of others and look to the concerns of others in the way he's called us to. The, the practical message here is that when we think about all that Jesus has done for us, how he came and died in our place and paid for our sin, rose to heaven, is interceding for us with God, and is coming back, then then we need to follow in that same vein, and we need to have affection and love and sympathy for others. We need to be of the same mind in Christ. We need to have the same love and be of, of one mind. And we don't need to be selfish uh, in our ambition or conceited, but we need to be humble, thinking of the needs of others ahead of even our own, but looking to our own interest as well as the interest of others. These are practical, powerful examples of what a Christ-centered life looks like. I'm certainly not there, but I, I thank God by his grace 
that he's brought me a lot closer. And the only, only reason standing in my way is me, myself, and I. And the truth is that that's true for all of us because we have to continue to die to ourselves and live all in for Christ. So thank you so much for being here and for, for joining in this message. I pray, Lord willing, that we will pick up the next time in verse 5 of Philippians chapter 2. And God bless you and keep you until we speak again.